Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Welcome to Miracles in Recovery. It is Monday, October 23rd. Correct? I think. Yes. Well, Monday, (laughs) October 23rd. And we are in the studio again, bringing you a little bit of our experience, strength, and hope with with the realm of addiction and recovery. I am a recovering addict, and Ellen is a family member of... Several addicts. Well, you know, he's got recovering addicts. (laughs) So, um, here we go. So have you found, let's get the the stuff out of the way first. Have you found a new home yet? We are still houseless, but there is a possibility on the horizon if it hasn't been sold yet. So I'm hopeful that we'll finalize something this week. Nice. So Park Benches of America, stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I just said we'll have to be somewhere, so. Right. Um, So what would you like to speak about tonight, Ellen. I'm going to put it right on your shoulders and in your lap. Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, I I was actually thinking about that a lot on the way up here. And the thing that comes to mind, I've been to a lot of uh, 10-step meetings over this last month. Yeah. Intentionally, or did you just just happen to? The topic has been the 10th step. Okay. Um, Not necessarily what I want to talk about. I think... One of my favorite topics is gratitude. Gratitude is very difficult to have when you're Mm -hmm. dealing with this situation. Um, It's very difficult to understand. Obtain. Well, it's. Yeah, I know it is. It's difficult to understand that even though things are terrible, Mm -hmm. you know, there are still many blessings out there. And I remember when all of this first started happening in my family in a a really big way. uh, And it. It was almost immediate arrest and all of that stuff that was the way that we found out. I wasn't grateful for anything. I felt like I was being punished. Well, yeah, and I, th- I think that, you know, sadly, that's how the um, slave of addiction gets everyone because I used that as a tool against the people who were, you know, reaching out and trying to help me because I knew, like you said, you, you felt, you felt, um, you didn't feel gratitude. You, you felt other, other negative feelings. And, and I think that my family, um, because not because I knew that, that, that it was going on, but I think that the, the devil in me or the evil in me guided me towards certain emotional terrorists, terroristic, 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 um, properties to, to, to keep their positivity or their reassurance or their gratitude at bay because then I knew I could get what I wanted. If it was, if I was in the world of, it's a small world after all, on a loop, then I wouldn't have been able to exist in that society. I would have had to leave and found another, another set of people to prey on. Right, no happiness right. for, for you, no happiness for them. Yes. 
ergo, I will be able to make them do what I want, which is basically make sure that I can keep getting high mm-hmm. by whatever means necessary. But, you know, as a family member, we're not getting high. We're just watching our loved one do all of this crazy stuff that makes absolutely no sense. Where did the person that I knew go? And it's very hard to look around and say, well, I've got a roof over my head. I have a car. I have a job. I should be grateful for those things. Yeah, none of that stuff really. Yeah, none of that stuff really matters at that point because your your existence. And I'm only I'm only um, guessing maybe because I wasn't. I mean, I I guess I've had small uh, reality checks of of being on the other side of the gratitude fence, or even on the other side of the emotional terrorism fence and you know it's tough to find gratitude when someone you love or someone you care about you think in your mind doesn't love or care themselves about themselves and for me i know that that was true because my motivator to keep me out there was one that that i hated me so why how could i like you if i didn't like me right and for the longest time I believed that, but then when I got deeper into the, you know, the manipulative, nasty shell of a human being that I was, I used that as a tool to be able to manipulate um, my daily use. I used that as a tool to be able to do what I wanted to do and get what I wanted to get. And, you know, you, you have said many times, and I agree with you, that we all turn into the same... Being, we are all we we are all shells of who it is that well, we. I think st- of it like a shark. You all tend to turn into sharks at the end, where the only thing you do is look for a way to get high by any yeah. means necessary. Oh yeah, and and the means are the same for everybody: stealing, you know, manipulating other people, mm-hmm. whatever it takes. And and it kind of amazed me how similar everyone acts when they kind of get to the the end of it or not even the end but the the worst part of the the cycle of addiction right but incredibly enough when you put down the substance and abstinence begins because recovery is way far from your first x amount of days you know because you don't really have an or i didn't really have an understanding of what it was that i was doing i just wasn't using so i was abstaining from from killing myself actually and um you know i think slowly but surely that individual started creeping back out again right you know that that loving caring person that has some type of a spiritual awareness that was gone and you know for me it took a while i don't think it took as long as it did um or that i have seen other people and i don't necessarily know if because at that point i had hit my saturation point and enough was enough and it was either take myself out or get well um Maybe they're still not at that point is what I'm saying. So I think everyone gets to a point where if they're fortunate enough to be able to get to that saturation point or as the masses like to call it, their their bottom. Um, and the reason why I don't use bottom is because I always found a shovel and dug a little deeper. So um, there was no granite 
in in my in my use whatsoever. There was just total saturation. So that's that's what I use. And uh, you know, I think for me, once I made that decision, or once that decision was spiritually made for me to hang on for this ride, could I eventually come back out of that? funk that I was in for so long because I didn't lose who I am it just I just didn't know how to be able to use well I think the disease and the drugs cover it up yeah it it, it attacks that like Absolutely, like yeah. like we attack our loved ones it attacked me so common sense tells you if it's doing it to me and I'm doing it to you and you ultimately get better, I either have to go away or I have to follow your lead. And I think that's what happened in my family. Like my mother said, look, you got to go, dude. You, you can't be around here. And she called all my brothers and sisters and said, don't let him in. Don't take his, don't let his mail go to your house. Well, mail, what mail? Had to have been for her. Um, to have to do something like that, right? But she made that decision that she had to get on and, and get on and on. over and accept the fact that, you know, she may get a call someday that I didn't make it. Yeah, that, it's it's very hard to get to that point. Yeah, because you know the the fear is always there. But at what point after you began recovering did you start feeling gratitude? You know, looking at the little things. You know, I, I can watch TV. I've got a roof over my head. You know, you're in a cold place and you've got heat. Um, I, I, I don't know if it was true gratitude or if it was still the, um, you know, I, I think I got gratitude like for a new pair of sneakers or a place to stay because I didn't have a place to stay, uh, to be able to eat and things like that. And I think that worked into the, um, the realism of gratitude. And I don't want to say that that was fake gratitude, but if you're happy for a, that you got a pair of sneakers, where have you been? Yeah. Exactly. You know, and that's how, that's how deep and how low you get. So you have to get, you know, you have to find gratitude in something. And I remember I, I, sh- I gave it, sadly that the gentleman isn't with us anymore. He, he, uh, he, uh, passed away. Um, in police custody, oh dear. yeah, it was so. It really wasn't a good, a good, uh, a good thing. But I gave him a shirt, and he wore the shirt out that night, and he was so proud to have a, shirt, a, a nice shirt. shirt. We never had anything. I lived in a bag. I lived out of a bag. Yeah. So when I had something, I, I, actually, I was in detox, and a, and they let us out in the they let us out in the yard to play basketball. I didn't want to play basketball that day, and, and one of my friends came in, and I gave him my sneakers, so he could go play, and he still talks about that twenty eight really? years later. Fortunately, if we're both still clean, and he still talks about it, he still reminds me. Remember when you gave me your sneakers? So, I mean, that, that's like today we go like. Well, but that's how deep you get and that's how low you get in the gratitude cycle that a pair that somebody using somebody's sneakers for an hour it, it sets you on fire for for a week well, I think it, the the same thing happens to families because you live in such you live in anger you live in fear 
you know, you're constantly on guard. You're sleeping with your purse under your pillow. You're locking yeah. all your jewelry in a safe. I mean, this is literally what I had to do. How can I be grateful for anything? I don't want to be alive either. This is too yeah, much. Why do I, yeah. too painful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I walked into a meeting. My second one, the first one was a little bizarre and I didn't stay. Uh, the second one, everybody's smiling, hugging, laughing, and I thought, What's wrong with these people? Yeah, how can yeah. they be happy if you're yeah. feeling what I'm feeling? And it, they taught me over time that it's a process. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, there are days when I do not feel grateful for anything. And that's okay. Yeah. But yeah. I know that I'm blessed. I know that in the back of my mind. Maybe I'm in a bad mood. Maybe I'm having a bad day. Maybe I don't like my job today. But I'm blessed to have it. And I have to remind myself of that. Where would I be if I didn't have it? I'm looking for another one. Yeah, but still. Yeah, no, I know. But still. I know, yeah. And it, it is very hard when you're, you're basically battling this disease with and for a family member to feel that way. But once you do, you know, that. and and another thing they told me was fake it till you make it. And I was like. I don't like all those little. Well, but if you, you know, if you try to be happy, you know, and people say happiness is a choice. I don't like that. I, I don't really think it is. Like no, no, no. You know, the thing about Abraham Lincoln saying people are about as happy as they make up their minds to be, maybe on any given day. But if you're dealing with something terrible, well, you're not I mean, going to be happy. I guess, you know, I guess that in a way is true because, you know, my my denial is only as deep as I allow myself to lie to myself, you know what I mean? So I guess, you know, that what you just said, Abraham Lincoln said, is hold some sense of reality. Because if you don't want to be, if, if when I was on a, I don't know what you would call it, but say, you know, I'd be at I'd be 45 days clean, and that was the first time that I ever got to 45 days, and I didn't know the fear of the unknown. It was very easy to screw my day up, to justify not getting any further than that. Even today, it's very easy to, you know, if uh, my first reaction, I'm an addict, no matter what, no matter, you know, no matter what I've learned over the past 28 years or even longer, struggling to to get that first real clean day, um, no matter what I have learned doesn't make a difference if my stubbornness kicks in before my Rolodex does. You know, uh, in traffic, if somebody <laughs> cuts you off, what is the first thing you do? Right? Well, yeah. You, you, it, today, I try to embrace that as a learning point. Or as a or as a remember remembrance point as to what was my first reaction? Oh well, it wasn't anger. It wasn't you know a finger. It wasn't swearing. It wasn't screaming. Oh cool. So maybe I learned something. And then the next day, the same exact thing happens, and I'm screaming at the individual. So it's, well, but two times in a row. Come on. Well, see, I mean, that was so so we justify a negativity now? No, <laughs> right? So no, you have you have the tools now to know enough to in, mentally take a step back and say, okay, right. let's think about this before we react, and that's very hard to do. I have a tough time doing that. But you have the tools. I have you the do, tools, yeah. and and people yeah. would say you've got the tools, and I'd be like, what in the world are you talking yeah. about? What yeah. are the tools? And it's just 
ways of controlling yourself, really. Yeah, and and you know the the thing about that is for me, I, you say you know you have the tools, you have the knowledge, you have everything. And it's all about the acceptance of where you are at that moment. And you being may, able to implement. You may be thinking about something completely other than what is going on in front of you in that line of traffic. And then all of a sudden, boom, it pulls you right back to that spot. Fortunately, today, my tools, whether they're as fast as my my recognition of what it is, but they're on the way right right at the same time. You know, I spin my head and my tools come with me. Right. Uh, they don't always engage before my mouth does. But you can <laughs> you can even mid-sentence, and I do that sometimes. Yeah. You know, I'll realize this is not productive. It's not going to work. It's just going to make things worse. Let's just take a step back, think about it, and remember, you know, I have been blessed. But sometimes the deviant in me just, allows my tongue to keep going well yeah <laughs> phone lines are open dial 866-472-5792 that's 866-472-5792 let your voice be heard make a difference share a little bit of your experience strength and hope on what it is that we're talking about or if you want to talk about something else call us and we will gladly let you share we'll be back in a moment Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You probably don't spend too much time talking about that place down there. Why not? There's now a show where that's mostly what we talk about and so much more. It's the Womb Happy Hour with host Lorraine Giordano. It's all about your body and the magical power you possess. Guys, you might want to tune in too. There's no reason to be squeamish. Listen for the Womb Happy Hour, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. 
Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Miracles in Recovery. Please visit our Twitter at 855-STOP-USING. That's at 855 855- yeah, 855 stop using or our Facebook page Miracles in Recovery. Also, send me an email at ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Let us know what topics you would like to hear on upcoming shows. Or you can even call in right now. 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Let us know what's going on out there in your world. I know that we are an international, we have an international audience. I'm wondering, like, if China or Russia, well, I know Russia because well, they've got that, that crocodile. crocodile stuff that scales your skin and yeah. kills you within two years. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? I mean, we, we deal with... 91 to 144 deaths a day, day. right? And that's prolonged use. I kind of wonder what their numbers are if, you know, from start to finish, individuals who um, use... um, You mean like in in Russia and in China? Yes. Uh, It would be very interesting to know if they have the same type of problem that we do or if, if this opioid epidemic is really a United States problem, I kind of think it's not. I mean, oh, no, it, it has to be. Probably, it's a global problem. It was but. unleashed on the American people by our pharmaceutical companies, but I think it's pretty much gone around the world. And I believe that a lot of the, the really powerful, you know, like the carfentanil and, yeah. and the crocodile, but, but carfentanil particularly no. is being made in China. You know, but the, they the say that for it. they say that that crocodile or whatever you want to call it uh, here is in the United States. Yes, it has come, but here. it's not as it's not as prevalent. But A-Rod, it will be. A Rod just asked how it. you get a hold of it, so I, I don't know. I don't That's know our where. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Fortunately enough, I don't know. And fortunately enough, it wasn't around while I was using because if it was, like like an idiot, I would have tried oh, yeah. it. Yeah, I think there are, there are plenty of people today. who are extremely excited about the fact that it's coming here, which is scary in and of itself. Well, that's it. You know, that's the scary thing. We would we would hear on the news or we would hear through the grapevine that um, I grew up in a city called New Bedford. I used in a city called New Bedford in Massachusetts, and there were other major cities around where uh, overdoses would occur. Right, and like six or seven people would overdose on this certain stamp. Like say, uh, I'm looking at the sinuses. And when on the, you say stamp, what are you? When talking I say about? stamp, it's it's a it's a it's a stamp bag, like it's a glassine bag, like for stamps. You know, uh-huh. you buy at the when you buy like two or three stamps. Yeah. Okay, yeah. the bag that they give you. Yeah. That's what they use to put the heroin in, oh. and there will be a stamp on it that says Blue Moon, or I'm looking here, it says On the Air, or even uh, that that. Spiral oh, so they have it would, names for it. They yeah. have names for it. So with that classification came the different 
potency per se. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody, you know, and I'm, I, I don't even like talking about this, but because because it kind of gives me like the it puts me back there differentiating between this, that, and the other thing, and it was all bad. But if we heard that somebody had overdosed on uh, product X. We would go there and try to buy and try it. Try to find it. I've heard that. And and how crazy is that? You're willfully driving towards your death. Well, you're thinking, but that's not going to happen to but me. But that's how twisted this disease I know. is. That's it how makes you do. That's how whacked out it get it gets you that you don't even care. Life uh, life becomes a second place. It's I mean, it's death is readily an option at that point. Life doesn't doesn't even matter. Well, do you think in your head, though, that it isn't going to happen to you, or is that... Oh, just, that's not going to happen to me. Or well, does we, it just we not even this. occur guys, to you, I want to get this because it's got to be really good if somebody died? Those guys are the, those guys are the lames. They couldn't do it. Uh, we can do ah, it. Ah, so the ego know? comes into and, play. But that is the drug, that is the disease of your mind telling you, because it, it wants us all dead. It wants, yes. it, like, it... it Brings us all to that same you say shell of a person of a shark, yeah, right? So shark. it wants us at that point as fast as it can get us, and maybe that's why this this uh, crocodile or whatever it is that just tears people's bodies apart um, does such a good job because it gets them there that quick. You know, I, I I've never seen an addict who. Um, you know, there are no, I mean, there may be, but there was nobody that I hung around with like a, that had like a milk and cookies bottom, like, yeah, I know. you know, so I, I, mean, I know you look at them and go, run they're not you, really addicts. Right. You run until you can't. It doesn't matter if there's nothing left. You run until you can't. Now the can't is either a saturation point or jail death. or death. Yeah. And, um, you know, so how do you how do you think that there is any stellar thought process going on when you're hearing that people are overdosing? And I can probably guarantee you that, sadly, there are 144 people that die. Sadly, a good percentage of them are chasing what what somebody the people else died, died from. from yesterday. Oh no, I hear yeah. that. You know, I'm, I'm in a lot of online forums, and I hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know the they find out somebody's at the ER who overdosed, whether they died or not, and they think, well, that's got to be really good dope. So they go try to yeah. find where did that person get, you know, what. It, and I guess there's there's a grapevine within that the uh, addict community where you find out who was selling the good dope. Oh yeah, and, yeah. But so why can't cops find it? Well, I don't. <laughs> I'm sure I they don't can. know. I'm, they, I, I, yeah. I, I think they do, and and they are now starting to prosecute people who are selling it as murderers. Yeah, but I, I, I kind of have a. I don't know how I feel about that. I Being don't a, particularly you know, like it either because I think a lot of people that are selling it are also just, users of right. it, which means they have mm-hmm. the disease. And if you look at it as a disease and not a moral failing, then this person has something wrong with them. Let's not prosecute them for murder. Let's get them some help. And, and the people who are, you know, you see it on all of the all the social media and, and somebody says, a, somebody makes a statement like, what even we just said and immediate 
condemnation, immediate bashing, immediate, you know, uh, kill all the addicts and all of that stuff. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, the sad reality, or even, or even, you know, I have a, a hard time and, and I really don't share it that much, but, um, I, I tried to, and I've, and I've made my, made my point, but, um, all of these pill mills, you know, the doctors that right. were supplying well, them. They're still arresting the doctors too. The thing is, is that, they're addicts in their own way. They're addicted to money. To they're money. addicted to yeah. so so. They're just as sick. They're not suffering like the addicts are that are that are taking the substances, but they're just as sick. And well, because you know, they obviously could not possibly have a conscience. But to so do that neither to did I. But you were sick. And so were they. Possibly. Possibly. No, no, they are because because a normal person wouldn't do that. Right. That's true. A common doctor would not. Definitely would not. Do that. But a lot of so, these were doctors who had already been in trouble and, you know. Right. So so they're already suffering. So why not? What do I have to lose? Right. So, so you know, it's tough when um, I see a doctor getting arrested and I say, gratefully, he was taken out of the equation. Yes, gratefully, he was. My second thought. As a recovering addict is, okay, now we need to give him help. Because he's just as sick and just as suffering. Well, but he might be a narcissist or a sociopath, too. And so might I. Well, yeah, this is true. You're right. (laughs) Right? You're right. But most most of the addicts that I know are truly good, kind, very sensitive people underneath all of that. And I think part of that sensitivity is what you're trying to cover up. so may he, though. So may they. We don't know well, that he's so, not a sociopath. Well, well, I don't think that. I mean, I grew up with. I grew, I grew up with kids in school that became doctors that became pushers, right? Yeah. So they had the same upbringing I did. I chose to use. They chose to push. Um, there's a society out there that does not use substances, but they are just as hooked. I was buying heroin from people who never used it, right. but they right. were on the street every single day. Why? They One, because the they were addicted to the environment. Two, they were addicted to the money. And three, that was what their upbringing was. So they don't know any better. I'm not saying they don't know any better. Well, of but I mean, they, they know don't because- know that... You know, most people yeah. get up every day and go to work a job for eight or nine or ten hours and then go home and have dinner and watch TV. Yeah, but to, you know, and I get people that want to condemn a doctor that does that. I totally get it because face value. But a couple of weeks ago, you was you were calling us. Substance use disordered people. Sudsies or whatever it was. <laughs> um, that is the official term, I have to tell you. That is the official no, term. No, it's not now. the official term. No, it's the official term in medical that's lingo. The, that's the monetary term. Yeah, which is which is a no, lot different. I, you watch over the next few years. This is going to change, and everybody will have substance <clears throat> use disorder, opioid use disorder, alcohol use disorder. That's what's going to happen. Then, like I said, the monetary, not not well, the, the society is. Is Looking what? at the disease incorrectly, and I think that was part of the idea behind this. You know, as I said before, now I know you, you want the identity of addict, and I, I don't have an opinion one way or the other, really. It's just, you know, I see the codes all the time. But, yeah, so you're talking, you're talking monetarily because you work with codes. You're not talking, you're not talking. But the codes are all not used just for billing. They're used for statistical purposes. That was their original purpose. 
They came to the original purpose, yes. And so, and, and oxycodone was original purpose oh, was true. for, and where did that get us? So, uh, the society, the society that we live in today is a twisted environment around all of this, um, drug. Well, there, there seems to be to me a, a love of money and big corporations, which by nature of being huge, don't really have a heart, mm-hmm. kind of running things everywhere because they have money and they they are figuring out fast ways to make more. And obviously, yes. a real good way to do that is to foist drugs off on people who are unhappy with life in general anyway because of you know the the way that society appears to be going. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked a little bit last week. I don't think that we're evolving to you know being a, a better class of people we seem to be devolving but maybe that goes in cycles i don't know my thought is that human nature never changes no matter how sophisticated we get with gadgets and and uh, ways to put people out of business basically but um we we are still the same inside we're the same flawed beings right so so everybody that is um the addict is the focal point right and everyone who spins around that in that flawed environment becomes flawed as well takes well shows shows their if you're if you're in if you're sober or if you abstain from alcohol what is the most foolish thing to do pick buy up a, a drink buy a bar Oh, yeah, right? I can't even imagine. Because all of your demons are right in that door right. every morning when you woke when you open it up. So when you're 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 an addict, what is the what is the most demonic thing that someone can do that already has all of the isms? They can become a biller, they can become a sober homeowner, they can become a medical, you know, quote unquote professional that is supplying or and, and they're just as sick they're just not acting out on the substance right. you know yeah, so I think it takes it's a process to work through the sickness to get to the point where you are now i mean you didn't go from mm-hmm. addict on a park bench weighing 130 pounds to a productive member of society in two no. or three days no I'm sure so, it took years oh yeah it, it took quite a few years but like with with doctors and all of the ancillaries from from addiction, you know, we see the, the you know the the task force, um, the sober home ar- task force in Palm Beach County, you know, yes, and they are just as sick as the addicts that they are, but they put themselves in a different recognition point because they're the ones that are supposed to be giving care, but. You know, it's almost like the guy on the street with the watches in his in his coat. Yeah. You know, it's he's not doing the right thing. No, it's so, a scam. Yeah, it's a it scam. absolutely is. And f- there are a lot of those scammers out there. It's kind of frightening. Yeah, we we talked a little bit about the sober homes that are springing up here. I I, I have a friend who's homeless. I talk about him periodically. He he is uh, an alcoholic. And he was pointing out to me, he came and did some work at my house, and I was driving him back to the park bench that he lives on, and yeah. literally, and um, he was pointing out, you know, street after street after street, there's this house there, there's this house. I had no idea there were so many. They're oh, everywhere. In St. Lucie County? No, this is in Martin County. Oh. oh. Amazingly. 
Yeah, I think I think they're everywhere, and 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 they're not monitored. They're not, you know, the people are not cared for appropriately. It it's not working. That it really mm-hmm. bothers me to know that there are that many because somebody is making money off of other people's misery, and that's this that's what happens off. with this disease. But that's all a the disease time. as well. Yeah, you know, and that's 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 my only point that you know the, these aren't. Um, people of great character True. No, that are not doing people this. Of integrity. So no, there's there's zero integrity. So once there's, uh, I acted out on zero integrity, zero character. So if I could find a doctor that had the same, he may not be using. I am, but he is getting the same. Um, same flood means of chemicals the in the brain? The, yeah, the same means to the end. I mean, I saw a, a long time ago, I saw a, a, a movie or it was a documentary on gambling addiction. Mm-hmm. And they had this guy all wired up and he would, you know, start sweating and he would be looking at a, a betting sheet or something like that. And all he had to do was grab the phone and all of his vital signs would start going back down because he was making a bet. Wow. So if there's a doctor in an office and he sees a lobby full of patients, I'm sure his heart is going 900 miles an hour until everybody's gone and his cash and money's in his pocket and he's driving home in his Mercedes to his huge house and he has to do it again tomorrow because that wasn't good enough. And he has $4 million in his attic, and that's not good enough. And it's the, that's not good enough, more, more, more. Yeah, so it's more, more, more. And that's what I was. Yeah, exactly. When is enough enough? But it's not going to kill him. It's going to kill you. Uh, well, yeah, unless, unless somebody comes in that's and wants us to. Yeah. Phone lines are open. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We're going to go to break. We'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Sometimes it just seems that nobody understands. There's one individual who can help. If you're living with somebody who faces challenges such as autism, Asperger's, or other exceptional needs, you'll want to tune into Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean. Living the Challenge. Together, we'll uncover a variety of solutions to the challenges faced by individuals, their families, and teachers. Listen live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now, your baby is in your arms, and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice. Much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Like many of us, do you feel constantly tired or run down? Weight gain, sugar addiction, stress, and other health issues wear down our bodies and our spirit. You can take control of these and get yourself back on track. Tune into Living Life Naturally with host Lynn Wadsworth. 
Lynn can help you lower or get rid of migraines, help you maintain a healthy weight, deal with hormone imbalances, and more. Listen live every Friday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, we're back. Um, Welcome back and... You caught me way off guard. Yeah, no, we were talking about was, crocodile over yeah. the break. We're still in right, shock I think, about I, that. I think we, I think we need to bring the engineer in and have a conversation with him. <laughs> um, no, the, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that, or the sad thing is, is that um, nobody really has a total education on what is out there on the street. We we just spoke during the break about seven or eight different chemicals that. Um, chew your face off that that you run around it's just it's all the crazy chemicals like flaca and and kratom and bath salts and all of these other things that that are out there as well and i'm gonna pull my coat here and when i was when i was um out actively using i would go out commercial fishing you know anywhere from eight to 15 days and I would smoke tea. Like really? Yeah, because it because it gave me a funny sensation. You're on the you're on the engine you're on the water and you're rocking back and forth and you smoke a cigarette. Well, aren't at, you oh. detoxing at this point too? Yeah, but you know that the funny thing about that is 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 for me and for a lot of people, you you would leave yes, your body would physically hurt. But you knew there was unless you brought any with you, you knew you were not getting any more. Until you got back. Until you got back. So your body, your body hurt, but your mind just told you to just keep going, just keep going, just keep going. Eight, nine, ten days into it, the captain says, shake them out, we're going home. Immediately uh, excitement. sick. You got money? And- Immediately sick. Yeah. Eight, nine, ten days later. Ah, okay. It's crazy. So a lot of it is mental. A lot of it is in your mind. You know, they, they call it... Uh, um, uh, dyke fever or, or something like that where, you know, when you left, you knew, okay, that was it. I'm done. Uh, eight, ten days later, uh, we're shaking them out. We're going home, and immediately your body would just, like, flush back to being sick. So yeah, it, it is truly physically, mentally, and spiritually um, disease, it, it attacks yeah. you. It yeah. attacks every, you yeah. know, all Every aspect, you. yeah. And and it attacks your family as well if they, you know because they love you and they see you doing this physically, mentally, and spiritually. Yes. Yeah, the whole mm-hmm. family gets sick, and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. The family is shamed. 
mm-hmm. because you must have done something wrong to have you know, a family member like Seven this. Seven kids running around like nuts. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't even have to be your kids. It could be a brother or a sister, but, you know, right. the, your your family has something wrong with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a, a child, it, that's tough. And as an adult, it's tough. You know, I'm a bad mom. I must have done something wrong. What was it? You know, I look back through the catalog of things that it could possibly be. You know, I put them in daycare. Right. I had to work. Yeah, I was tired. I took him to McDonald's. I didn't cook every night. But, I mean, you think yeah. about things like that. Was this because I'm not an addict, so I don't understand how no, this can happen it, to someone. No, but it does attack your, you know, it, it attacks the whole community. It does. You know, and and it, it has attacked yeah. not just the community, but the an entire country and really the world. Yeah. And it it is interesting to me that no one has yet figured it out. Why does it happen to some people and not others? Because you can't figure it out. I mean, you would have to, how do you go about even? Well, you study the brain and okay, so it is a brain disease that has been, it has been determined. It is a physical disease and you study genetics because if you look at, if you look at a family and then somebody said, if you if you look at your if you're an alcoholic, you're an addict, you look at your family and shake that tree a little bit, there's gonna be a whole bunch of other ones that fall out. And that's true. Even yeah. in mine, which I didn't know mm-hmm. until I was an adult. Yeah, I had alcoholic uncles or great uncles actually. I had no idea. Right. So so studying the brain really Well, they wouldn't... also studied genes. I had a guy who was in in some of the rooms that I was going to for a while. He came from California and he disappeared, but he was very interesting, and he said they have studied genetics to the point that, that if you're an opioid addict, they can I- isolate the genes that cause it. If you're a meth addict, they've isolated the genes that have caused it. If you're an alcoholic, you know, there are some people that are if, trash cans that will take anything. But if that were true. But you generally gravitate toward a specific drug. But if that were true, then... Well, are, they, are they not sharing that just because they want the medical money that they're doing for research? I, mean, I have absolutely no idea. The, you know, the, the so. genes, the isolated genes I had not read about. I have read about the studies of the brain where they, there is a, a difference in the brain of someone who is an addict as opposed to or, or an only, alcoholic as opposed to someone who is not. Only after ingesting the chemical, yes. No, even before. And, and you know, the, the ADHD lead up to it. I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever met one of you guys who wasn't ADD or ADHD. I know I say that a lot, but it's really interesting to me. And we do polls in some of the mom groups that I'm in. You know, was your child diagnosed with ADHD or ADD? Mm-hmm. 100% yes. Yeah, but, you know, I... And not everybody took the drugs. Some did, some didn't. That does, You know, the Ritalin or Adderall or whatever they're giving now, that doesn't seem to make a difference. But, but... I want to say, like when I when I was diagnosed, or when I was put on Ritalin in 1973 or four or whenever it was, um, I think there might have been a different outlook on why they were doing it versus 20 years ago when it was the teacher's babysitter. You're right. I agree. You know, so. Everybody and anybody who acted out, you know, that was goofy in class was labeled ADHD at that time. So, yes, granted, I I think that, you know, Ritalin probably played a part of helping my brain form some type of um, uh, addiction. You know, so, so 20 years ago, we were willfully 
because the teacher doesn't want to have to deal with little Johnny um, introducing a chemical into an environment that it probably shouldn't be introduced to. Well, if you're saying not, that the brain is already susceptible to But the to. teacher is not allowed anymore to deal with little Johnny either. And that, I think that's a... Right. But that, but so the drug is administered a little bit different now than it was back then. It was, it was, it was appeasing the teachers. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah, I agree. helping the child because it was appeasing the classroom. Um, and they were using, well, everybody else around can't pay attention because. Yeah. Cause you're bouncing off because the walls. Because Ray's bouncing off the walls. Um, but I wasn't the only to, one in my class. Yeah, but I, I think I was the only they, one. I think because people, you know, worked off of me or I worked off of other people. Yeah. I saw a picture just before he came on the air of uh, uh, two of my friends when I was a kid and I typed, all we need is, you know, this guy and that guy and look out because if you put the five of us together no. back in sixth grade, nobody wanted, no, no teacher wanted to deal with us <laughs> and we were all in the same class. Oh my now, gosh, now, poor teachers. I was the one that was the generator of mayhem at the time. The instigator. The generator of mayhem, right? And I was the one that was that was supposedly on the substance to keep me uh well I was on it, not supposedly See, I was, that was supposed to keep you from being yeah. that squiggly little boy that you were. Right. So um It sounds like it didn't work. No, because it's it's it. I, I I don't know if it worked. I just think that you know, like what you just said about you know, a brain is susceptible to if they're if they're finding that now, if they're looking at that now, a brain is susceptible to. Why are we not trying a little bit of different um, education versus just just introducing? medication to it. Oh, I agree. And 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 if you look at also there have been studies on, you know, it, there are a lot of people who say, "Oh, it's trauma, you know, in in the childhood that causes it." And my daughter did have a trauma. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. No, absolutely. She was introduced to opioids mm-hmm. because of that trauma. She was grievously injured. So mm-hmm. could that have something to do absolutely. with it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you don't know, and you hear about people that are sexually abused as children, and then they, you know, they end up with substance use disorder when they're adults. But the bottom line is, is why are we looking for the reason? In because we want to prevent it in the next. You're not gonna, because there's always going to be a doctor but out there. There do seem to be so many more now than there were in generations past, unless it was more. Well hidden, I don't know. No, it's because it's because it's more readily acceptable in society today. It's 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 trendy to be an addict. It's trendy to go to AA meetings or NA meetings, and 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 that's the sick part of it. These young kids today, they, uh, uh, you know, it's. No, well, I know. I've been to the meetings where they're yelling out the slogans at the right moment and all that stuff. Yeah. And you know, I, the older meetings that I go to, everybody might say one thing, like "here, here," but they're saying all yeah, this stuff. But even stuff. that, even that. Well, you know, what are we trained monkeys now? You know, <laughs> you, you're supposed to be there doing something completely different than than what is happening. And and um, you know, it's convenient to be. Uh, late, it's convenient to label yourself. I know far too many people that embrace the moniker addict 
and they have no business even. Oh yeah, well you can make money going around saying I'm, yeah. I'm a, an addict in recovery too. Right, if you really you can want go up to. there on a podium, and if you have yeah. a good message that is somebody else's, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I it's funny, true, true to form. Being in, being in, in, you know, for the longest time, I went to uh, Narcotics Anonymous meetings, and people I knew came in the door. They were either alcoholics or or cocaine nuts. And um, from listening to the general conversation year after year after year, people, people would sometimes in meetings say, you know, it would be it would be a good a good you know I felt like doing dope. Why you've never done it before? So why why are you ingesting that into your mind and using that as a form of release seven or eight years later? So there is something with the repetitious. Um, yeah, I just lost my whole train of thought. So there is something with with re- repetitious voice coming into me and saying the same thing. If I'm hearing negativity, yeah, negativity is going to come out. Right. If I'm hearing positive message, and I don't really hear a lot of that. There isn't a lot right now. I think no. the general in, in the world. Yeah, the general yeah. attitude world over is kind of negative, and that that maybe breeds more of this. But you know, I'm I'm kind of a, a researcher in an analytical brain, and mm-hmm. I always want to know why, why, why. And there, I guess the answer is there is no answer. But you know, as a parent, and if there are any parents out there listening. You know, I know you understand what I'm saying. I need to know why so I can fix it. And that's the impossible thing. I can't. Mm. And it took me quite a while to get to the point of realizing that this is, it's not my fight. It is not my fight. No, your fight is your fight, which is, which is what just you're learning to now. accept. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, what has happened and, you know, what my reality is and be able to live with myself. Well, we're out of time again. That was a quick hour. So it always is. Please visit our Twitter at eight five five stop using or our Facebook page Miracles in Recovery. Uh, and send us an email at Ray at miraclesinrecovery dot org and let us know what topics you'd like to hear in upcoming shows. We have thirty seconds left. Ellen, what would you like to say? Well again, I, w- I would like to reach out to any parents of addicts, family members of addicts who are out there. No, you're not alone. There are a lot of us, you know, for every addict, there's at least five other people who are affected. Please try to be grateful for and something. With, and with miracles in recovery, hope is in your corner. There you go. Have a good night, folks. Good night. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.